must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. My name is Lauren Scott and welcome to Great Men Back Then. Today we will be talking about a man named Gerald Ford. Now, if you are anything like I was two weeks ago, you probably have not heard much about Gerald Ford. I vaguely remembered his name probably from a middle school American history class where we talked about him for five minutes But this man was the 38th president of the United States, and we don't really talk about him because he didn't really do much as president. Now, that's not to say he wasn't a good president or he didn't have upstanding character, but that is just to say that he's not very memorable. So I am going to be talking about an event in Ford's life that does make him very memorable, and it is... A big event that I believe truly makes him a great man. So, Mr. Ford was born in Nebraska, but he was raised in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And so, for the majority of the episode today, I will be talking about his time in Michigan because whenever he achieved one of his greatest accomplishments, it was actually at Michigan University. And so, we'll really be focusing on his time in Michigan even though he is originally from Nebraska. So, like I said earlier, you probably do not know much about Ford, but he was a man who had impeccable character. And I firmly believe that he should be admired and he should be remembered. I'm not going to talk much about Ford's childhood. I'm just going to jump right into his college years because I believe that's whenever the most important stuff starts to happen. So, not only was Ford an excellent student academically, but he was also an amazing athlete as well. He was quite the football star back in the day, and there's actually a lot of pictures of him in old newspapers and old yearbooks where you can see him playing football, and he always has this kind of mean, serious look on his face. Uh, which I guess he was a pretty serious guy, so it's pretty fitting, but it's kind of funny to see one of the presidents of the United States as a college student in these football uniforms with his, you know, fraternity brothers, and so I just think that's pretty interesting. So he played football at the University of Michigan, and obviously things were a little bit different back in the 1930s. One of the most obvious differences between the 1930s and right now is that most colleges were segregated back in these times, especially if they were a Southern college. And you'll be able to understand this better as I get into this story, but segregation is what allowed a very horrible thing to take place at Michigan University but also a very enlightening thing to take place at the university. And I'll expand upon that in this episode when I tell you more about the legacy of Gerald Ford. So you may be thinking, Lauren, this is an episode on 
President Gerald Ford. Why are you giving us a history lesson on segregation? And I would say that's a very valid question, and I'm about to answer it. Just bear with me. I got to give all the details of the story for you to better understand it. So obviously, with that being said, most schools were segregated and they did not allow black people to play on sports teams. And especially Southern schools, like I said, were very strict about this. But there were some Northern schools that would make exceptions. And Michigan was one of the schools that made an exception. They had their eyes set on Willis Ward. He was an exceptional football player, but he was an even better track star. And he was also a black man and the only colored person on the Michigan football team. However, despite the fact that he was the only black person on the team and that most colleges in the nation wouldn't have even made this exception, Ward was accepted by his teammates and his coaches. Um, Although he was accepted by all his teammates and he would consider most of them to be pretty good friends, his dearest friend was future president Gerald Ford. They bonded over many things and they became such close friends that they even ended up rooming together. They were roommates, teammates, but most importantly, they were best friends. Ford never once turned his back on his friend, even when it was hard, and as you will soon find out, it got very hard. It was the year 1934, and Michigan was supposed to play against Georgia Tech. Although many thought this would be a normal game, they could have not been more wrong, for this game would soon make history, and people would still be talking about it for years to come like we are right now. For what was once believed to be a small inconvenience turned into a nationwide controversy, although not until years later until this story was really exposed. Georgia Tech was obviously a southern school, and so they did not allow any black players to be on their team. However, they didn't just not allow black players on their team. They also refused to play against any team that had black players. And so Georgia Tech basically gave Michigan an ultimatum. Either take Willis Ward out of the game or call the whole game off. And so this kind of put Michigan in a tricky situation because Michigan had had a big winning streak. They had been winning national titles for the past two years. And so sitting out of a game would have been really hard for them to do. However, it was something that most of the teammates were willing to do and where the disagreement really happened was among the athletic administration. And so Georgia agreed to even bench one of their best players to try and maintain some fairness. So they were like, can you guys bench Willis Ward because he's a black man? And just so everything's fair, we'll bench one of our best players because Ward was obviously one of the best players on the football team. So they're like, maybe if we can kind of make this a fair trade. No, it won't be that big of a deal and it won't be a controversy and no one will talk about it. We'll just play and it'll all be okay. So obviously, 
This really upset the Michigan players, but especially Ford. And he was faced with a difficult decision to take a stand for his friend or take the easy route. And being the man of impeccable character that he was, he chose to stand with Ward. After the two teams talked back and forth with each other, the final decision was made by the Michigan coaches. And what a sad day this was for not only Willis Ward, but for all of Michigan University and the history that would soon follow them. Ward would sit out of the game while his teammates played without him. But believe it or not, that is not even the worst part. Not only would Georgia Tech not allow Ward to play, but they also insisted that Ward could not be at the game at all. He could not be there to cheer on his teammates or anything like that. And so here Ward is, he's at his college, he's with his football team, and he's banned from his own stadium just because of the color of his skin. And so he had to listen to the game on the radio in his fraternity house, listening to his teammates play without him, knowing that he should be there, that he's earned his spot there to play with them. But because of some silly coaches on the Georgia Tech team and because of the Michigan Athletic Administration not taking a stand and not standing up for him, he had to sit in his fraternity house and listen to a game that was played without him on the radio. Understandably, Ford was furious. I mean, Ward was his best friend and roommate, and he was furious that the coaches did not try and fight for him. And he told Ward that he was going to sit out of the game originally. And he said he wasn't going to play. If they weren't letting his best friend play, then he wasn't going to play either. He just saw that as fair. But Ward begged Ford to reconsider. He wanted Ford to go play for him. He wanted him to go beat Georgia Tech in his honor. Like, these people are not letting me play in my own football stadium. Go show them what's up. Like, go beat them. And so, reluctantly, Ford honored the request of his friend, and he played the game. Now, this is one of my favorite stories about Gerald Ford And it's something that Willis Ward never forgot. And I think this story that I'm about to tell is a true testament to not only the friendship that these two men shared, but also the character that Ford had as a man. And he always tried to do the right thing. And most of the time he would. He would persevere through trials and he would do what he felt was right in his heart. And so at the game, there was a player on the opposing team who was making racial slurs and he was calling the other team bad names just because they were friends with Ward and they were making fun of the fact that they had a black player and he was using very foul language. And Ford was a very well-tempered man. He rarely got upset. But hearing his opponent talk about his friend the way that he was talking about him and hearing him use disgraceful language for no other reason other than his friend was a different skin tone he lost it 
And right there at the Georgia Tech-Michigan football game, he beat him up. And this was something that Ward never forgot. He always remembered how his friend defended his honor. And it was something he would carry with him for the rest of his life. You are listening to Great Men Back Then with your host, Lauren Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Right now, we are discussing President Gerald Ford and how he took a stand for his friend Willis Ward in the Georgia Tech-Michigan football game in 1934. Georgia Tech refused to let Willis Ward play, and because of this, Ford took a stand for his friend that he would never forget. Michigan ended up winning the game. Uh, The score was 9-2. So, obviously, it wasn't that great of a win, especially compared to the national titles that they'd been getting the past two years. Ford later said that the game sucked the soul out of the team, and it honestly, it ruined their whole season. He also said that it was one of the worst experiences of his life. This is a team that went from winning national titles to not winning another game that entire season. They only scored 12 points for the rest of the season, and all of those points were scored by Willis Ward. This was a team that was once built upon morale. There was great camaraderie between all the teammates, and they had each other's back. And both Ford and Ward both believed that this game, the game where Georgia Tech made Ward sit out, this game alone killed the morale of their team. And they said the competition was just too tight to have a team be successful without morale. So not only did this destroy the team, athletically but on their conscience and morally they had to live with this the rest of their life knowing that there was a grave injustice done to their friend and they could do nothing but idly stand by as it happened because the Michigan administration would not stand up for their own player they finished with a record of one and seven which was the worst record in school history up until that point and like I said earlier they were no longer a unified team and this was perhaps hardest for Ford since he was closest to Ward. Now despite the fact that Michigan did not win a single game for the rest of the season Ford and Ward still played their hearts out, and they still remained the best of friends up until they graduated from college and they parted ways, and they both had different career paths, and so obviously they didn't have a strong connection like right when they graduated, but they still remained friends. And when Pearl Harbor was bombed, uh, fun fact, both of these men, Gerald Ford and Willis Ward, went and they fought for their country in World War II. Now, we're going to skip ahead a little bit, and we're going to talk about how Gerald Ford went on to become the 38th president of the United States. 
And he never stopped fighting for civil rights. And I think this is something that is notable about Gerald Ford because it shows that when he took a stand as a college student, when he took a stand for Willis Ward, he wasn't just taking a stand because he was friends with this person. He was taking a stand because he realized it was an injustice. And it didn't matter if that person was his friend or not. He saw an injustice happening and he knew it was wrong and he called out that wrong and he wouldn't stand for that wrong. So even when we see him become president of the United States, he's no longer a football player with his best friend, you know, his roommate being told he can't play. He's the president and he still has the same morals that he possessed as a 20 year old. Something that I also think is interesting yet commendable of President Ford is that he never spoke of the story to help his campaign. This obviously would have been a story that would have gained fame and could have really helped him whenever he was arguing his case for being in favor of civil rights, but he never used this story to his advantage. His own son even said that he never knew the story until he was older. And I genuinely do believe that it is because this was very painful for him to talk about. And something happened to him that day that he would never forget. And so this wasn't something to help him advance his campaign or to get more fame. This was a painful experience for him and something that he tucked away and didn't want to bring up ever again. Now, I have found most of this information that I'm sharing with you today from the documentary called Black and Blue. And actually, my journalism professor, Buddy Morehouse, he helped make this documentary. I believe he did all of the research for it. And so shout out to you, Mr. Morehouse. And yeah, the documentary is called Black and Blue and is the story of the 1934 Georgia Tech-Michigan game. And I bring that up because that documentary kind of put this story on a spotlight and it really had never been showcased before. And it actually caused a big movement Uh, Michigan now has a statewide day on October 20th. It is Willis Ward Day. Uh, Michigan University, they also added a lounge in Willis Ward's honor. And so obviously this documentary did a lot of good. But I think at the end of the day, what I really take away from the story is the character of Gerald Ford. And how what he stood for as a college student still was what he stood for as the 38th president of the United States. And something interesting that they have at the end of the documentary, they have pictures of Willis Ward and President Gerald Ford in the Oval Office 40 years later after that football game. They have the picture, they have pictures of the two of them together still cracking jokes and being good friends. And so it's really a touching and a heartwarming story that I think more people should know about it. 
And with that being said, I also think that people should recognize that Gerald Ford wasn't just a nobody president. He did a lot for the civil rights movement, and he also was a great man through and through, which is why I am featuring him on my show, Great Men, back then on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. And once again, I'm your host, Lauren Scott.